Blog Talk Radio. Everybody, welcome to the Dayton Tolbert Show. I am your host, Dayton Tolbert, back live today to. Uh, I want to switch it up a little bit. Uh, the last few shows, as many of you uh, tuned in, uh, was my season premiere, two-part uh, season premiere special. I shouldn't even say that. It's really a three-part special. But you heard parts one and two uh, over the last few weeks. I am going to be coming back probably next week with part three. Um, and, and finishing our discussion on the HBO comedy slash drama Insecure. Um, but there's a lot going on um, in the world that I wanted to talk about today. Um, so I just want to kind of take a break from the norm. Uh, I'm calling today's show uh, my state of emergency special. You know, we, you know, you look around and you see nothing but, you know, disaster. I mean, literally. You know, literally nothing but disaster. You know, we got the hurricanes. You know, uh, you know Houston, the whole Texas area. You got um, earthquakes, floods. Um, you know, it's it's you know Puerto Rico is 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 going through a lot of uh, heartache and, and pain over there with these uh, hurricanes. And so, um, I mean, there's, and there's obviously obviously things going over in uh, Las Vegas with the with the massacre the shootings and, you know, over 50 people dead, 58 people dead, um, you know, hundreds of people injured. You know, you look around and, you know, everyone is is, is angry. You know, we're, we're talking, everything is about race, 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 race. Uh, very little conversation about God, very little conversation about the real war that's going on between good and evil, but it's all about, you know, black versus white, this and that. We got Dove. There's just so much, you know, going on. You know, Eminem is, you know, coming out with the with the rap and you know regarding Donald Trump. And I want to talk about all of that today. Um, you know, I I made a, a post on many several posts on Facebook, and um, I just wanted to kind of elaborate on them. Um, you know, I said I might do a Facebook live video, but I said nah. You know, I, that's that's too short. You know, I need a real show to, uh, you know, to really express my thoughts on everything that's. That's going on. So I said. So I, I say all that to say. Definitely, I will be continuing and wrapping up my three-part special in the Insecure. If you missed the parts one and part two, I've been posting them on my on my page. If you missed them, check them out. Classic, classic information. The most viable dating and relationship advice information you will ever hear. Check them out and look out for part three, where I'll be discussing uh, Molly and the whole open relationships. 
dynamic that that we see uh, discussed on on that show. But uh, yeah, look out for that. Next, that's going to be a crazy show in and of itself because I don't talk about open relationships, friends with benefits, and all that stuff on a, on a regular basis. So look out for that. Um, also, too, real quick, real quick, um, if you guys are getting caught up, I just heard today that they're canceling uh, being Mary Jane. The season four will be the the final season, but they're going to be bringing it back for a finale two-hour movie. So um, I say all that to say that my two-part special on Being Mary Jane to this day, in my opinion, was probably the two best shows and most informative shows I've done, maybe second to the Insecure two-part special. But definitely check out that one if you if you guys are, especially if you're familiar with the uh, Being Mary Jane uh, series that's coming to you know, an end. Um, I want to just, you know, like I said, I want to talk about everything that's going on in the world right now. Um, I want to say first, pray for mankind, you know, continue to pray for, you know, the specific, uh, you know, incidents that, you know, and, and disasters and tragedies that have happened. But, you know, overall, just pray for mankind because I said online that we live in a very evil world that's controlled by very evil individuals, which is a fact you know, we, I mean, literally, it's a fact. I mean, you know, historically, biblically, you know, the, the people in control, the powerful people, the rich people, the celebrities, the people literally in control of the world, whatever day and age it is, have always been evil. You know, that you, I mean, that's the biblical. That's, you know, I mean, it's never been, you know, good people. It's never been godly people that are in control of, you know, sports that are in control of the government, that are in control of entertainment, whatever it is, it's always been evil individuals. And I think that's very important to understand when we look around at everything that's going on. The Bible specifically says in Ephesians 6.12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness, in high places, you know, and, and that's one of my, has always been one of my favorite scriptures, even more so now that I really understand what's going on in the world and how it works. Spiritual wickedness in high places, 100% is referring to the people that control this world. Some people may disagree with that. Some people may want to debate that. I don't care what, you know, people say. It absolutely is referring to government. It's referring to the people in control of the media. You turn on your TV, you see stories. You turn on your TV, you see people throwing up satanic symbolism. You see everything is demonic references and references to Satan and different. It's those people that this scripture is specifically referring to. You know, we. it's not about flesh and blood. It's not about black or white. But the real battle is against principalities and, and powers and things that, you know, spiritual, not worldly, but actual spiritual wickedness, you know, in high places. And I cannot stress that enough, you know. And so that's why I say continue to just pray for us as a people and, and mankind as a whole because it's it's very uh, crazy. And to get even crazier, if you look at, you know, I've, I've said this online, I've said this many times, you know, when you get some time on your hands, really look up. You know, solstice sacrifices. If you if you guys don't understand what that means or what that whole thing is about, um, you know, really read the Bible. You know, if you look at it in the Old Testament, 
um, you know, the rich and powerful would always make various sacrifices uh, because they believed that it, they, they, were, they had to be thankful for their fame. They had to be thankful for their celebrity, for their, their money, for their, their possessions. So they would sacrifice you know, animals and you know, possessions and, and even people, family members and things like that. This is all stuff in the Bible that actually happened. And so what people need to understand is that those same people, those same types of people still do those same types of things. The church of Satan is actually based upon uh, certain things in the Bible in which God hates. You know, that's, a lot of people don't understand that. That's the, really the essence of Satanism in the church of Satan. It, it's specifically uh, uplifting and glorifying the things that God has expressed a hatred and disdain for throughout the Bible. That's why you see so many things in, in music and film and television that are glorifying money and sex and violence and idolatry and homosexuality. That's, you know, these are all things God is passionate about, you know, hating and not, you know what I'm saying, not being for. And so, you know, that's why you see the media focusing so much on these things. And so I, what I'm saying to y'all is the same types of people who love, who worship Satan in the Bible, who worship satanic and ungodly things in the Bible, those were the rich and powerful. So that's what they did then, and unfortunately that's what they still do now. A lot of people are still not connecting the dots. What they're not understanding is that the people, like I said, then, they they paid homage for their their fame. They paid homage for their, you know what I'm saying, for their uh their money and their riches. So what the heck do you think the rich and powerful do today? What kind of sacrifice do you think the rich and powerful? They they did it then. It's in the Bible, in the Old Testament, in biblical times. What do you? What kind of sacrifices are they are they are they putting forth now? They're still doing these things. That's why I said research solstice sacrifices. Every year, every change of the season, I, mean, I keep track of this stuff. I don't know if you guys do. If you notice, fall season, summer season, spring, some, like there's always some type of major event, you know what I'm saying, a major tragedy. And um, that's all I'm going to say about that for right now. That's why I'm really encouraging people to research, you know what I mean, Re- really research this stuff because it's not, you're not going to see it on CNN. You're not going to see it you know, a lot of places, but this stuff is real and it does go on. You know, I mean, everyone should know by now, celebrities actually sacrifice family members. You know what I mean? Like, that's not, you know, friends. That's not even a question at this point. I would hope for anyone with sense, anyone who's, oh, I'm woke, but you don't know about celebrity sacrifices. It's not a coincidence. All your favorite celebrities have these mysterious deaths. You know what I mean, like, come on, that's, that should be common sense at this point. But I'm saying it's a lot deeper than that. You know, I was watching, uh, you know, I'm going to talk a little bit later in the show about this whole for the D challenges, for the P challenges, all that crazy stuff. I was watching Cardi B's, you know, she did it, and she, I don't know if I posted it, she specifically said, what did she say? You know, I love my family, but but Illuminati, you can have my family for the D. You know what I mean? Basically saying, basically saying that's what she would do for the, for the penis, for the D, but it's deeper than that. You know what I'm saying? It's deeper. If people really read between the lines, because you're making it a joke, you're making it about this quote-unquote challenge, but what you're basically saying is you're basically acknowledging what I've just said, that celebrity sacrifices are something that actually happens. You know what I'm saying? Like this, this actually goes on. 
and you that but that you tell somebody else that oh this happened they look at you like you're crazy but why, but when Cardi B says look for the D Illuminati you can have my family <laughs> what do you think that means what do you think that means for Nicki Minaj or Kanye West or Jay Z and Beyonce or whoever else that has uh, have also sacrificed different people for the for for their fame and fortune you know I mean, it's crazy out here man. It's really crazy, but it, it is real. And it, that's why I said earlier, we do live in, we don't live in a good world. You understand? Like, it's not like we live in a good place. The world itself is evil. God has said that many times. That's why he says we should not be lovers of the world, because the world is, in fact, evil. And you see, if, there was, if the world was good, then there would be no need for heaven and different things like that. So just think about all this stuff. So this Las Vegas, I want to talk about the Vegas shooting. I haven't really spoken uh, too much publicly about it, um, you know, since it happened, um, other than really offering my condolences and a couple other things. But um, one of the things that I, that I find interesting is that the meet with the media is that they like to, you know, put these 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 words these these labels, you know, on people and things. It's like okay, domestic terrorists, you know, or, or Islamic terrorists, you know what I'm saying? Or, you know, it's domestic terrorism. If it's, like, you got to be Muslim, you know what I'm saying? you got to be of another place, you know what I'm saying? But if somebody just shoots up a school or shoots up a concert, that's, that's not terrorism? You know, that's a lone wolf. That's a, a fanatic. That's, you know, he's struggling with mental, you know, I've heard it all from the media. One of the things I said on Facebook, I said, just because someone isn't Muslim doesn't mean that they're not a terrorist. I said, if you kill 50 people, you're absolutely a terrorist. You know, and I think we need to be more vocal, you know, about that. You don't have to be Muslim to be passionate about these types of stereotypes being placed on Muslims. All Muslims aren't terrorists. And just because, and, and someone, should absolutely be labeled a terrorist, you know, it, even though they're not Muslim. That should not matter. A terrorist, by definition, is really someone who inflicts, you know, terror. You know, you're committing violent acts or making violent threats. You know, you ever heard, uh, this is an actual crime, committing terroristic threats. You can go to jail for committing terroristic threats. So if I could make terroristic threats, to you or someone that you love, and I could go to jail for that, why is someone who shoots 58 people not a terrorist? That makes no sense. I mean, really, just think about this. Thing. You know, so, but definitely rest in peace to, you know, the, the uh, you know, all the victims, all the families, my condolences to the families, because, um, you know, it, one of the things I will say, it's, it's really unfortunate um, that these politicians, you know, cannot wait. They literally cannot wait to start talking about gun reform and introducing legislation that restricts gun purchases and, you know, and all this stuff. They, I mean, it's like they, they, they wait. You know, they're like these lawyers, the ambulance chaser chase lawyers. They just can't wait for, you know, an event like this. And in many cases, they orchestrate events like this. Let's be clear. That's stuff that the CIA has been doing. This is not new. You know, they introduce tragedy with the sole purpose of passing legislation. These people are evil. 
People think that the government is good. People think that people hate Donald Trump, but they overlook all this stuff that's been going on way, 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 way before Donald Trump. Eight years of an evil government with Obama leading it. Now we got another four to eight years of, of Donald Trump, and we had eight years of George Bush. Before. It's never been good, okay? The, word, <laughs> the, the Bible doesn't say, oh, yeah, when you get a black president, things will be good. But aside from that, you know, the world, the world is evil. No, no, no. No, the world is just evil. The government is evil. The government is corrupt, period. You know, presidents change, you know, but the agenda stays the same. The, the evil and corrupt nature of where we live will stay the same. You know, and it's not going to change or get better. You know, if you look at the Bible, one of the things that I saw on, uh, you know, it's interesting, you look at this whole Vegas shooting, and I, I used to gamble a lot. And, I mean, I was talking to my wife about this and some other people. Like, we used to be in the casinos, you know what I mean, for hours. And in fact, one of the, mo- the most recent times that I was in the casino, uh, I remember the the dealer, it was like, I don't know if you guys play blackjack, but there was there's the, like the match the dealer uh, little slot. So it's like if you match the dealer, if you like if your first card equals the first card of the dealer, then you get, you know, whatever it is, seven to one or whatever it pays you. And, you know, I was sitting next to this guy, and he I wasn't playing master dealer, but I was just playing regular blackjack, but he was playing master dealer, and he put a five, a $15 chips. Fifteen dollars worth of chips on the master dealer, and the dealer by accident he took the chips away. You know, what I mean, he didn't pay him. He won. He matched the. He actually matched the dealer. Two queens came out. His queen and then the, uh, you know, the dealer's queen. But the dealer didn't pay him, and he took the chips. He's like, whoa, whoa. He's like, no, I, what are you doing? I won. I matched the dealer. He's like, oh my fault. I didn't see it. He's like, how much did you have up there? He's like, I had fifteen dollars right there. And he's like, right, hold on. So he called the pit boss over. The pit boss comes over, like, what's going on? He says, uh, I, I, he says he has $15 there. I, didn't, I took it. I didn't pay him. He's like, the deal, pit boss asked, asked the dealer. He was like, did you, he's like, did he have it there or did he tell you he had it there? He's like, did you see it there? He's like, no, I didn't see it there, but that's what he said. And he's like, all right, hold on. <laughs> so, so he leaves. He leaves. He's gone for like 10 minutes, five, 10 minutes. 10 minutes later, he comes back, and he's like, all right, pay him his money. And walks when he got pays him his money, pays him what he was owed for the payout. I said, "Yo, my man, real quick." I said, "What, what y'all do?" He's like, "What you just you know, looked at the camera?" He's like, "Yeah." Now we're talking about. I mean, really, just think about this for a second. That's what there's tons of tables, tons of chips, tons of you know, hundreds of people in these casinos, and you have cameras that in less than five minutes, you can focus in on one particular table. And, on, and catch one particular hand of blackjack to see if there was $15 on a small little circle. And they, able to, I was, they were able to confirm in less than five minutes that he actually had those chips there. And everyone knows the camera's all over the casino. My question, I've been watching the news like everybody else, where is the footage, you see what I'm saying, of someone lugging all of this, these guns onto an elevator, all of these, this ammunition. I mean, I don't let people realize you can't do suspicious things, as any, really anywhere nowadays, but especially in a casino, and it not be flagged. You know what I'm saying? Like, I haven't seen any footage of him 
on going onto an elevator, and we know it's there, right? We know it's there. I mean, they have this for their cameras in those elevators. I don't know if y'all know that there are cameras in the elevators. I mean, there's literally cameras everywhere in the casino. I per- why would you not release that footage? Why? Because it's BS. <laughs> I say all that to say it's BS. And I don't know. I'm not just sitting there acting like I got it all figured out and I'm hip to their, you know, immaculately planned, you know, this, this plan that they have. But it is BS. This story that they're telling, this, this, this lone wolf shooter, oh, it's absolutely BS. And in my opinion, I believe it's somehow tied to what I was mentioning earlier in regards to solstice sacrifices for the fall solstice sacrifice. That's just me personally. But whatever is going on with it, that absolutely uh, was – you know, there's more to the story than, than we're being told. And um, I just think people should be aware of that. Um, what else? What else is going on out here, man? You know, I, I wanted to talk about, you know, we, we look at the Chicago violence. You know, you look, well, really, you look at violence, period. Um, but I posted a, a, a link to a, uh, you know, an article for Chicago, and it said that they had just had their their 500th murder, you know, this year. I was like, wow, Five, 500 murders. This is, you know what I'm saying? This is October. It had 500 murders, which I believe is the most in a very long time. And, you know, I said online that, you know, we see so many people talking and talking about, you know, stuff that, in my opinion, really does not matter. You understand what I'm saying? Like, we, we hop on board with these protests. These protests, I mean, like, I, I get it. You know what I'm saying? There, there's police brutality across the board. You know, there's police brutality against black people. There's police brutality against white people. The police system here in this country, there's a major problem with it, period. It's not specific to blacks. And if, even if you look at the statistics, you know, it's actually, you know, not really disproportionate uh, to African-Americans. There's a problem with police shootings, period, you know. But if it, statistically, it's not as bad as the media would have you believe, and that, that's actually a fact. Uh, but there is a problem with police brutality, absolutely. Um, but my, and so, so I understand the protest. Um, I have no problem with the protest. My problem is when people are more passionate about a millionaire like Colin Kaepernick or whoever, you know what I'm saying, not having a job or not, you know what I'm saying, not being able to get signed or not, you know what I'm saying. And it's ridiculous. It's, It's absolutely ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous for people to be upset and, and lose sleep out of their day and take time out of their day to be upset that a multimillionaire football player who drives a Bentley, a Rolls Royce, unlimited amount of money, and has had that uh, and led a very privileged life, when you literally, and not, not everyone, but there are people who literally don't give a damn about children in this country as well as others who are starving. You, you understand what I'm saying? Who are dying. I mean, there are people out there who, I mean, you know what I'm saying? We, we all know them. There are people out here on your Facebook page right now, your friends, who literally don't give a damn about these kids. 
but will be pissed off if you told them, oh, yeah, I watch the NFL. And you're like, oh, wait, you're not boycotting. But they, they literally don't care. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're oblivious. to like they, they, don't, they literally don't care how many people have been killed by our own people in our own neighborhood. I mean, I mean it's, ama- it's amazing. I've said this before. I've done entire shows on this. And I will continue to talk about it. But it, it, it baffles my soul. It baffles my mind. Why, how one person, and I'm not saying this is right, but there are, there are you say, let's say someone can be killed tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? One person, you know, a police shooting could be tomorrow. And we could have a debate about whether or not that shooting was justified. And people would be so pissed off about that one person. But they do not have that same level of anger over 10 people who were killed literally the day before, or even the same day. Why? Is, I mean, really, just ask, stop what you're doing and ask yourself, what the heck is wrong? How, how does that even make sense? Do black lives only matter, or do they matter more when they're taken by, by white police officers as opposed to black niggas standing on the corner or, or involved in gang violence or some drug-related crime? What is the difference? Because for me, I get mad just when, any, when there's loss of life. I'm upset when there's loss of life. And I'll be honest with you, I'm actually more mad when that loss of life is taken, you know what I'm saying, occurs when it's of our own people. We should hold our own people to a higher standard. We live in a racist country. We always have been. We were brought here through slavery. So I, certain things I kind of expect. I expect racism. I'm not surprised by racism. I'm not even surprised by police brutality. That's why I speak so much about how to save our children many, 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 many shows on specifically how to survive in these streets, how to save our youth. You know what I mean? That's well documented. I'm in the hood every single day helping to save our youth. You see what I'm saying? But specifically against uh, police, you know what I'm saying, and educating on how to you know, survive. But it, it, it hurts me to see our own people. You know, no one is more afraid of white people than they are black people. Let me say that again, because a lot of people may disagree with that. No one is more afraid in the suburbs or in, you know, rural areas with, amongst white people, as racist as they could be, as, as, you know what I'm saying, as discriminatory they, as they can be, than they are in their own hood, Go down to whatever hood it is that you live in or where it's close to you, and you tell me if you feel more comfortable around the white folk on a Sunday afternoon or in the, in the hood on a Sunday afternoon or a Saturday night. And if you say you're more comfortable in the hood, you're a lie, and the truth ain't in you, okay? I can promise you that. And that's what I'm saying. We have to stop this narrative that it's a black versus white issue. You understand that it's, this is not a black versus white issue. This is an evil versus God issue. Murder is a spirit of murder that we're dealing with. doesn't matter if it's police. doesn't matter if it's gangs. It's murder. All lives matter. And we live in a society. Listen, 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 listen. I have no problem saying that. And I don't give a damn who has a problem with that 
all lives matter and have value in the eyes of Jesus Christ. Anyone who says differently is not speaking from a biblical standpoint, and they are feeding into the lies and manipulation of the media specifically designed to incite a race war. This is one of the things that I'll be 40 years old this year, and it's, you know, very few things for my soul more than this debate of all lives matter versus it's the stupidest thing I think I've ever seen in my life. You know, we are Christians. You know, we follow the teachings of the Bible. There is no, you know, differentiation for whose life matter more. All, everyone's, all lives matter, okay? That is a fact. Some people, I've seen people try to avoid saying it, politicians and celebrities. It's amazing because they don't want to be racist, uh, labeled a racist. How can you be a racist by saying all lives, everyone's life has value? My life is not more valuable than someone else's life. And I get it. Don't get me wrong. I understand it completely. I just disagree with it. With, with it. I understand what black I, – I know, I know founders of the Black Lives Matter uh, movement. I get it. I've got it from the beginning. I don't agree with it. You understand what I'm saying? When you try the media once uh, they listen, the media government is funding Black Lives Matter at this point. They have influence. They've made it their own. They're using this to incite a race war to distract from the true issues. When you go back, when you take away the media's narrative and introduce a biblical narrative, that's when we can really start making some progress. When we all hold hands and join hands, you know, with our brothers and sisters of all races, that's when you can really see, like, wow. If something happens to you, I feel bad. If something happens to me, you feel bad. It's not about what my color is. It's not about what's your color. You look at these little kids. I, I, I go to school. I drop my daughter off at school. They're white kids. They're black kids. They're Asian kids. You go to the park. You see these kids playing together. They don't care about race. They don't even know about race. They have no idea what race is at that age. They, you know, what I'm saying they know. They, you know, what I'm saying they know the difference in color, but they have no idea about that. What so many different? They're so, you know, what I'm saying like it's so deep at this point as adults for us race, but they have no recollection of. They have no understanding of that, and that's how it should be. Oh, that's my friend. That's Becky. Oh, that's that's Shaniqua. Whoever it, it does, you know, what I'm saying that's just that's just who that is. That's my friend, and that's you know, that's how we need to get back to. That's how it should be. That's how biblically it should be. There's not, there's not a separate hell for black people. There's not a separate hell for white people. You know what I'm saying? The Bible doesn't focus on race. It just says, look, if you believe and accept the Lord uh, Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you go to heaven and have eternal life. It says specifically the types of people that will not inherit the kingdom of God. That, though that specification is not exclusive to race. So why do we make so much stuff about race if the Bible tells you exactly who and what will not make it into the kingdom of heaven? That's what's most important. But the problem with it is it's not what's most important to a lot of people, you know, they're, because they're watching they turn on CNN, they turn on NBC. They're focused on what the media says they should be focused on, you know, which is what? Which is who? Donald Trump. And it's amazing. You know, people say, hey, I, I do shows like this. I talk about this stuff. People say, oh, you must support Donald Trump. I said, what? I must, why, why must I support Donald Trump? And I just got finished saying, and I say every day, the government is evil. The rich and powerful are evil. 
They always have been. So you tell me, how does that translate to you supporting Donald Trump? You, let me know. Somebody, you know what I mean, call in or you know, shoot me an email. Let me know how, how if I say all politicians, especially politicians on a high level, are evil and corrupt. Please tell me where that makes room for certain people not being corrupt, especially President of the United States. All presidents are evil and corrupt. Barack Obama, Ronald Reagan, Donald Trump. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's, you know, when you become president, in order to become president, you are selected by the evil people, that the, uh, the, the spiritually wicked people the Bible is talking about. Not the president, not the government. The guys, I mean, at this point, everyone should know, you know, the government officials are not the most powerful people in this, you know, in this country, in this world. I mean, I would hope at this point people, you know, know that, um, especially if you, you know, classify yourself as being woke. I would think that you would understand that the, the real shot callers and decision makers are the people way, way higher, you know, than the, than the president. You know, it's the lobbyists, it's the, you know, corporate CEOs of these billion-dollar uh, companies and the people who are actually giving money to these super PACs, you know, to, to basically selecting and ensuring that these people are put in positions of power to do their evil bidding. Those are the real people who are controlling things. So it doesn't matter. That's why I say it doesn't matter who's president and who's not. Donald Trump does not matter. Donald Trump is not calling the shots. There are still, believe it or not, people who are pulling his strings the same way, believe it or not, there are people that were pulling Barack Obama's strings, okay? Everything that happens in the media is controlled. Whatever the narrative they want to be pushed is being spoon-fed to us. I shouldn't say spoon-fed. It's being shoved down our throats. You know what I'm saying? Like this whole race, oh, Donald Trump is a race, and he very well may be. I don't know. But that's the, I know one thing, that's the narrative that they want to be pushed. They want to push this race war. You know, they want to stir up all these feelings of hatred, you know, uh, in order to distract from the people that we really should be hating. You see what I'm saying? It's, the, it's not Donald Trump that we should be hating, the people controlling Donald Trump. The same people that were pushing his agenda are the same people that were pushing Obama's agenda and Bush's agenda and every agenda before that. It's the same group of people. And I, and I really just wish people could understand that. You know, but like I said, if you look at Chicago, um, you know, you look at you look at Philadelphia, you know, people place like Camden, New Jersey, you know, it's, it's horrible everywhere. And one of the things I said online, I will continue to say online, is that we as a community need to do better, Okay. We and you know, it's amazing. People actually debated with me when I said that we need to do better. What do you mean? We need, I'm like, what are you talking? Well, of course we we just had 500 murders, you know, in Chicago alone. I said we need to do better. We need to stop killing each other. That's a fact. Well, you know, it's the system. You know, we need to blame the, the lack of jobs and the lack of education and you know the the systemic racism that historically exists. I'm like, look, all that's well and good. Of course we need, uh, you know what I'm saying? Listen, we weren't even allowed to read in, in slave time. So, of course, they don't want us to be educated. So there's not going to be a lack, you know, uh, an abundance of high-quality education in the hood. 
You know, they want us to be dependent upon the government through health care, through food stamps and other forms of welfare. That's what they've always wanted. So, of course, there's not going to be um, all these great opportunities in the hood. That's never been not the case. You know, okay? But that's so, you know, but I grew up in a certain environment. Other people grew up in a certain environment. We've all had to make do with what we had. That doesn't mean you turn to a life of crime. I know people who actually, I didn't grow up in the hood, but I know people actually in the worst parts of the hood that are now pastors, that are now fathers and wives and mothers and, you know, upstanding members of the community. They didn't sell drugs. They didn't, and I'm talking about in the worst parts of North Philadelphia, you know, whatever, whatever hood you live in. And I think that we need to stop making excuses. Not I think we need to stop making excuses for our own actions. You know, no one is, I mean, aside from what people may try to shove down your throat and brainwash you into believing, no one is forced to sell drugs. No one is forced to rob an elderly woman when she's walking down the street. No one is forced. Everyone has a choice, okay? I don't care where you live. I don't care how you grew up. You're not forced, you know, to do that. You know, things may be a little uncomfortable for you, you may feel like there's no other options, but no one is forced to sell drugs or kill or, you know, shoot. Half, shoot, half these things are not uh, – people don't even understand because I'm in the hood. I, I'm in the hood every day. I've always been in the hood. I didn't grow up in the hood, but I've always been in the hood. And what people need to understand is 90% of these murders, okay, so many of these murders are not um, – they're not done. They're not putting any money in anyone's pocket. You see, and that's the thing about it. People try to act like this stuff is, is, is to survive or this stuff is to feed their families. Most of these murders and, and, and arguments and fights that lead to shootings have absolutely nothing to do with anyone profiting financially, okay? I could see, I mean, maybe I could see, I mean, this would be wrong either way, but if you're, like, killing people, robbing someone, like, yo, I'm starving, my daughter is starving, uh, Denzel Washington and John Q, you know what I'm saying? He Like, his son was dying. So he's like, you know what, I'm going to take this hospital hostage until you get me a donor. Like, all right, fine. That's what you have to do to save your family. That's not what's going on out here in these streets. You can't blame that. You know, these people are doing this stuff in many cases because they want to live a certain lifestyle. They want to wear the newest Jordans. Look at these drug dealers. These drug dealers come out fresh to death. No one is starving. You know what I'm saying? They come out, Jordans, true religion, you know, and whatever is hot at the time, fitty caps that cost $50, T-shirts that cost $500. These guys are, are doing this stuff not to survive, not just to support their families with the minimum and just, you know what I mean, just to survive, but they're doing it to excel. They're doing it to, to floss. They're doing it to impress their friends. They're doing it to drive a nice car, to live a certain lifestyle that they're too lazy to get to, you know what I'm saying, the right way, the legal way. And, and people who are not in the hood every day and see this stuff with their own two eyes will try to tell you different things. But like I said, you can't beat me over the head with the BS because, like I said, 90% of these cars I sell are specifically to drug dealers. You know what I'm saying? People who want to buy cars online, you know, in cash deals so that there's no paper trail, paying me in $5 and crimp, 
crumpled up one dollar bills and you know what I'm saying? Like it's they're drug dealers. And and so we need to get away from the narrative that, you know, that the mass the, the masses out here in these hoods are doing this stuff specifically to survive. Because that's really what I want to talk like, it, it, And that's, a, that's false. On a, now, like I said, a lot of times you have people who are struggling. They are starving. But more often than not, the people who are truly struggling are not the ones resorting to a life of crime. That's the ultimate irony. They're doing this stuff in may, many cases because they want to they wanna live a certain type of lifestyle. You know that's and and then the fun and what I really have a problem with is when people, you know, who lived this, who who grew up in the hood, they sold drugs like Meek Mill and and, and Jay Z and all these people, the, and then Ti. I mean, it, the list is, goes on and on. Twenty One Savage, all these new idiots. You know, they're making music that glorifies that behavior. And the, and and what do we do? What do we do? The black community. This is, the, this is the ultimate form of hypocrisy. We will go and support these artists. We will go to these concerts. These artists are making 50000 a show, 30000 a show, 100000 a show. A show for what? A show to go and rap about how you sold drugs, how you still sell drugs, how you kill people. You know, 21 Savage has a song out now talking about some. I, I'm letting off the shots, and I don't care who I hit. Like, what the hell? This is on the radio. This is being like you're you're just going to shoot up a crowd of people, and you don't care who you hit. You, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and we, as the black community, will download that song. We will go to the concert to hear that. I, I ain't going to say we. Y'all, I, cause I don't, you know what I mean? But there are people who will go to the concert. They'll stream the music. They'll buy the CD. They'll know. They'll learn the lyrics, sing the lyrics around their kids, and it just perpetuates the cycle. But then, when someone gets gunned down, what's what's the guy say? Ready to gun you down, ready to gun you down. Like you're gonna gun me down? Like what the heck? But then those same. But when someone, when Trayvon Martin actually gets gunned down, when Alton Sterling actually gets gunned down, those same people who were just at the 21 Savage concert hearing him rapping about gunning someone down, those same people are mad at the police for gunning down Alton Stone or Philando Castile. Now, you tell me, what the heck kind of sense does that make? It's okay when these niggas and thugs are out here on the corners rapping and singing and bragging about gunning someone down. But then we want to post and share and make this this video of the cop going viral, talking about some, oh yeah, this and that, or bragging about. You see some the cop bragging about a racist cop bragging or, or you know killing someone or whatever it is of the moment that somebody wants to make go viral. But that's a problem. The racist cop is a problem. But you got these niggas glorifying actually murdering people, and those same people talking about Black Lives Matter. How the heck do Black Lives Matter when we support people who brag about gang violence, other forms of violence, sex, and all, I mean just all types of craziness? How how do Black Lives Matter? 
who who do Black Lives Matter to? If we if we say that Black Lives Matter Black Lives don't matter to police officers, my question is, where is the outrage over the clear fact, the obvious fact that Black Lives don't matter in Chicago, Black Lives don't matter in Philadelphia, Black Lives don't matter in Compton or and all types of other places where there's a high rate of violence. Who do they matter to? Because they damn sure don't matter to the black community. Donald Trump, last time I checked, he hadn't killed anybody. Who did Donald Trump kill? I'm going to wait. No, I just want to, I'm going I'm to I'm open up the phone lines or call him. Let me know. Who did Donald Trump kill? Some people, but yet some people literally there are there are rappers out here who will tell you, though know, I I killed this guy, I gunned him down, I did this, and I I they will actually brag about and say, now whether it's true or not is irrelevant, but that that's their whole premise, that's their whole thing, right? That they that they're killers, that they have no problem killing people. Donald Trump has never killed anybody. Mike Pence has never killed anybody, right? And yet there are people who literally hate these people. They hate them as if they killed one of their own family. But those same people with that hatred towards Donald Trump are the same people downloading and streaming the music of people who have actually killed people. They're our own people. Now, again, please tell me how that makes any sense. Now, is that to say that there's some certain people out here who are weirdos? There's certain people out here who are idiots and psychos, you know what I'm saying, who will say, because you said oh, you're, you're defending Donald Trump, and those are actual, those are idiots. Those are people who actually make me angry because they have no brain inside their heads. They will say, oh, you, because you said that, because you're criticizing your own people, because you're trying to hold your, your people accountable for you know what I mean, for certain things that they've said and done, that makes you a Donald Trump supporter. I don't care if you hate Donald Trump, but what does Charlemagne say? You better have that same energy with your own people when they talk about, you know what I'm saying, murdering and killing. Not all this other, this passive-aggressive stuff that Donald Trump throws out there and this people want to just focus on every little word, try to make this out of that and this out. You know what I'm saying? People are actually blatantly saying, I will gun you down, or I killed 10 bodies. I, you know what I'm saying? I ain't a killer, but don't push me. You know what I mean? Like, stuff like that. People, and that's not even, that's like mild compared to today's lyrics. That was a lyric by Lil Wayne, if you don't But we, I, guess I could talk about this all day, but to move on, we, we, we need to stop the hypocrisy. If black lives matter, then they need to matter across the board, okay? They need to matter to white people, which I agree. Like I told you earlier, there's a major problem with police brutality. Absolutely. But there's an even bigger problem, you know, with black-on-black crime. I mean, people, I mean, it's amazing. Maybe I'm living in a twilight zone, but there aren't that many police shootings in this country. I mean, if you look at it statistically, there, there might have been 500 police shootings, you know what I'm saying, last year, total. You know, murders by, or killings by police, are total. You know what I mean? Now, if you look at how many of those killings were African Americans, 
It's a small percent. It's a small fraction. So there's not a lot. Yes, there's too many, but that is not a lot. There are more black shootings in one day in this country than there are police shootings of blacks in the entire year. Y'all know that, right? Yet most, you ask people what they're passionate about, they're passionate about police shootings. Listen to what I just said. There's more shootings in one day, probably in one city. You know what I'm saying? There are, you know what I mean? I shouldn't say that. You know what I mean? In one state, I should say. That might make, that actually might be a, a true statement. But no matter how you look at it, no matter how you look at the facts, we have to do better. Okay? We are killing each other, you know, at, at crazy rates. Let me tell you, let me throw out some statistics. Well, I mean, for, for, I'll come back to the statistics. That's one of the funny things I said, I saw online. People were talking about Donald Trump. He wants to bring the military. He wants to bring the military, bring the feds into Chicago. I said, okay. I said, all right, what's, all right, what's wrong with that? I said, what do you mean? He wants to bring the military in there. Well, then think about it. Where, where, should, where should the military go? <laughs> you know what I mean? You, you would prefer the military to go to, to the Middle East so we can fight, try to steal oil, you know, increase our, you know, imperialistic, you know, interest, you know, around the world, you know, over oh, and fight wars that really have absolutely nothing to do with anything. You rather our troops go there, right? Barack Obama sent more troops over into the Middle East than any any president in history. You know what I'm saying? There were never as many troops sent internationally than Barack Obama sent you know, has sent over the last eight years, but yet no one cared about that. But when Donald Trump says he wants to bring some, send troops to Chicago, send the military to Chicago, it's a problem? How is that a problem? There are more, more black men are being killed in Chicago than in any war that's ever been fought in the history of this country. So if the, if the, if the military should not go to Chicago, please tell me where would a better location for them be? To be where should they go? I mean, let me. Where should they go? You know, what I mean, I would, I would love to see poli- military and police on every corner. I bet you we'd have some, we'd have less crime. People are so focused on the racist aspect of things. And yes, we live in an absolutely racist country, as I've said many times. I don't, I'm not scared of racists. I don't get intimidated by racists. You know, but I bet you one thing: I keep my gun on me when I'm around, when, when I'm around some niggas. You know, that would love to rob and kill for no reason. You know, and that's a fact. So I don't I have I have no problem. I would prefer military on the corners than to see these niggas on the corner selling drugs to kids and, and, and plotting to rob and steal, which every black man out here listening to the show is is well aware of. You know darn well how you better conduct yourself when you're around in the hood. I grew up in the hood. My father, my father, excuse me, I didn't grow up in the hood, but like I said, I was in the hood every day. My father made sure that they, he would take us specifically to the hood, the worst parts of Philadelphia, to do business. He had business out there. And so he would take us with him on a very regular basis just so we could see and experience how to conduct ourselves. And it ain't pretty. See, a lot of women, they, they see this stuff. They don't understand it. Women are like, a lot of times women are totally, not, not in a bad way, but just 
you don't have to deal with the a lot of the stuff that black men have to deal with on an everyday basis. Black uh, black men don't look at black women the same way they do as black men as threats. You know what I'm saying? Police don't look at black women the same way they look at black men as a threat. You don't experience the same things that we do. So a lot of times when we have these debates, women kind of, you can't really relate. Nothing, nothing against women, but you can't relate on the same level as a black man. And that's what I'm trying to tell you. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's ten times worse. You know, you might feel comfortable wherever you go. But as black men, we know you feel there's not a black man on the planet that feels more comfortable, you know what I'm saying, uh, in the hood than he does outside the hood because it's like a war zone. It's like a modern-day wild, wild west. So, yes, I would absolutely love to see um, uh, uh, more police in the hood. I would love to see military in the hood. I have no problem with that. People say that sounds extreme. Well, guess what? I think 500 people being killed in one year is extreme. So, yes, I have no problem with that. Okay? You know, I mean, we are. there's a war going on. So if, if we're at war, why would you not bring the military to the war? The black, we're not being killed over, my, ironically, my brother was killed in the military. You know, he was in wars. He was fighting wars. Ironically, he was killed in a training exercise, you know, here in this country. But he had absolutely fought in war, you know what I'm saying, all over the world. So when people, you know, like, like I said, I don't agree with a lot of the politics uh, behind these wars, but I absolutely support our military. I absolutely support the troops. I support our police. And I think we should all support uh, the people who are putting their lives on the line. You know, I do not agree with, um, I, it's one thing to protest, but it's another thing to, to be disrespectful. You know what I'm saying? So I don't, you know what I'm saying? I'm not with all these, a lot of these disrespectful protests uh, against the flag. Like I said, my brother fought for this, for this flag and for this country and gave his life for this country. My dad fought for this country. My father-in-law fought for this country. So I believe that, you know what I mean, that those people and what they fought for should be honored. You know, and that's just how I feel. You know, I honor the flag, because like I said, I have people that I love that fought, fought for and continue to fight for the flag. You know, you want to protest, find another way to protest. That's unpopular. I don't care. Listen, I don't care. I could care less what people think about my opinions, to be quite honest. You know what I mean? People, and that's the one thing that we live in. We live in a society where people with no, grown men with no testicles have a problem expressing their feelings. You know, they have a problem expressing, you know, their thoughts. You vote for Donald Trump. You vote for Donald Trump. You, you know what I'm saying? You 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 uh, don't support this, this, the, the the kneeling. You want to watch it? Yo, do what you want to do. You're a grown man. You're a grown woman. Do what you want to do. I mean, I'm just a different type of guy. I'm old school. People spoke their minds. You shake a man's hand. You look at him in the eye. You give him a firm grip. Throw these fruitcakes walking around with no balls, no backbone. Give you a little wet fish handshake looking away, looking all sneaky. I mean, what's up? These young kids don't even know how to act. I got a son. My son will be three, man. I tell him, he knows how to shake a man's hand with a firm grip already. How my three-year-old son got a more firm grip than half these grown men out here? It's ridiculous. And then we wonder why Donald Trump is talking about bringing the military into the hoods. 
We need some. We need something has to be done. I said online. I said some people talk about. I'm so sick of people talk about Donald Trump more than they post about their own kids. They're on social media waking up seven o'clock in the morning talking about the government. Talk. I'm posting Bible verses. I'm sharing memories of my kids and my wife. I'm posting family pictures. Y'all posting Donald Trump. Donald Trump does not put any money in my pocket or any food on my table. It's disgusting to see so many people talking about politics the way that they do and at such a disproportionate rate, you know, with their other things that they have going on in their lives. But then again, maybe they don't have anything that's going on in their life. Maybe they're just miserable individuals. I mean, think, I mean come on. I mean, there's certain people, who I, I, they got kids. I ain't never seen their kids, but I see a post every day about Donald Trump. Those are miserable individuals. I wake up, and some of my friends will tell you, I make a lot of money every single day. I hug my kids and my wife every single day. You understand that? And, and so I live a nice life. I live a happy life. Donald Trump does not negatively affect me in the slightest. You understand that? And if you don't have that type of life, then you're doing something wrong. If you're living the type of life where any politician affects your happiness on an everyday basis, you're, you're living a miserable life. And that you're living an ungodly life. The Bible says we should not complain. The Bible says, in fact, we should be joyful in all times. I try my best. You know what I'm saying? And ironically, the only... Really, the only times I find myself not being joyful is when I find myself surrounded by people who are passionate about talking about politics all the time. It's disgusting. It, 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 you know what I mean? It drains you. Miserable individuals will make you miserable. That's why you want to talk all that crap. I deleted somebody off my page. We were actually cool. But I just couldn't deal with the everyday. You know how Facebook is. Sometimes there's certain people. For whatever reason, you just see their posts like first every day. That's why every time I log on, I see their posts and they're posting something negative. Mm-mm. No, I can't do that. Mm-mm. You got to go. It is, and it's happened to me too. People delete me too. That's fine. I still got thousands of friends. I've been to 5,000 friends for the last five years, and probably more than that. I got 200 friends requests pending that I can't even accept because I'm already over the friends limit. So please delete me. If you don't like me, delete me. So I'll accept somebody else. You know what I mean? I don't remember the last time I wasn't at right around 5,000. I mean, as you see, I really it doesn't really matter, and it shouldn't matter to you what people think. You see what I'm saying? You don't have to be popular on, on, on social media. Are you popular? Well, it's really important. Are you popular in your house? Do your kids love you? Do you see it? You know what I mean? Like, and I think that's what's, what should be most important. Let's talk about these ridiculous BET hip hop awards. And this is this is the ultimate irony. It's, it's I didn't even watch it, but I did watch the Eminem uh, freestyle battle. You know, whatever it was, his freestyle, the, the hip hop cipher. And even I watched it the BET awards last year, the last couple of years ago with uh, with, with uh, Jesse Williams. It's amazing that people do, they give these speeches. Eminem makes this rap, and then people stop what they're doing. It's like, oh, my gosh, this is life-changing. You know, he, he's speaking about this is what we should be focused on, the government. People are so focused on the government, but then 
you know what I'm saying, or right even before then or after, you get artists right on the same stage rapping about killing. Future comes up there talking about Molly and Percocet and killing people and murdering people, people with gang affiliations, you know, that are passionate about murdering people, you know what I'm saying, and and stabbing and raping. On the same stage that people were just watching someone else talking about Donald Trump or the government. How is that not hypocritical? How are you mad at Donald Trump for being quote-unquote racist but then what the heck are these black folk? What are these thugs and niggas and killers? What are they? I mean, they're not racist, but, I mean, is there a name for them? I mean, because I would think whatever the name is, it would be ten times or a million times worse than anything Donald Trump has ever done. You know? I, I, would, I would think, but yet, unfortunately, like I said earlier, the, the black community actively supports you. I mean, think about it. You have a hip-hop award show seen by millions of people honoring the vast majority of these people who will tell you blatantly that they're killers. Just let that, that marinate for a minute. We have a hip-hop award show that honors an industry, a hip-hop industry, in which the vast majority of these hip-hop artists are killers and drug dealers. But yet, Black Lives Matter. One more time. The black community has an award show that honors an industry in which the vast majority, not everyone, but in which the vast majority of the artists in which the show is honoring are active drug dealers, killers, and gangbangers. Please, someone, tell me how that makes sense. Please, someone, tell me how that is not hypocritical. You can't. You know what I mean? It it is hypocritical. It is absolute and complete. I mean, name me a popular hip-hop artist today that has songs being played on the radio that is not an active or former drug dealer, killer, or gangbanger singing and rapping about glorif- you know, glorifying these, that lifestyle, an illegal lifestyle. Maybe, I mean, you can't because guess what? In order, that's the criteria. In order to be played on the radio, you have to be, if you're a singer, you have to be singing about sex. You have to be singing about adultery. You have to be sing- singing about you know, drugs or money or crime of some sort. And that's just a fact. Like back in the day, you had actual, you know, Love songs. Where are the pure and true love songs in the black community? They not they're not surely not on urban the popular urban radio station in your city. They might be on like the, you know, if you're in Philly, WDAS or the adult, you know, genre, R and B. But if you're on like that main urban, you know, station. There's no love songs. There's no wholesome music. It's all 100% complete and true garbage. But they call it mumble rap nowadays. Migos, young, I mean, those freaking niggas, man. 
I'm about to turn into a racist. I mean, I'm, no, no, I'm, I'm joking, half joking, but I really can't stand these niggas, man. You know, Migos, Young Thug, Young Savage, Little Uzi. Yo, y'all, make, y'all about to make me curse out here, man. These are the most popular rappers out here. Gucci Mane. Uh, you know, I, I can't even think of them. I mean, they're, they're everywhere, though. They're like little roaches. And and they and if you and see a lot of people don't like they call it mumble rap because you don't really understand what they're saying. But I understand what they're saying. I hear, I listen. It's nothing good. It's nothing good at all. It's all guns, drugs, and violence. Call in if you disagree. There's nothing positive from any of the artists I just named. Not one thing. Yet we'd be the first one saying Black Lives Matter. See, these artists are nothing. Us. As, as the consumer, right? I mean, so it's not, we can't blame, you cannot blame the system. You know, you cannot blame the white man for 21 Savage singing about guns, drugs, and violence because you're the ones going to the concerts. Like, for example, I think next week or in a few weeks, there's Powerhouse. Powerhouse has historically been, for Philadelphia, the number one most popular urban uh, concert and, you know what I mean? Like every year. And, and But in these in this concert that happens every year, you have the, the top hip-hop artists. So this year, just to name a few, I know you got Little Uzi Vert. You got, I think you got 21 Savage. You got Meek Mill. You got Rick Ross. You got uh, Cardi B is going to be there. Now, place. This, again, listen to what I'm telling you. This is the, the biggest concert in Philadelphia every year. The biggest urban hip-hop concert every year. So you can't blame the white man for making you go out and spend $100 for a ticket to see people rap about guns, drugs, and violence. That's us doing that. Why are we doing that? Why would you? Because they love it. The men that go, they love it. Most of them are drug dealers. You know what I mean? I mean let's, let's keep it real. Like, see, I see people want to act. Like, if Donald Trump said any of the things I'm saying on today's show, he would be further labeled a racist. But because, well, when I say it, y'all be like, oh, my gosh, Don Tolbert, he's the realest guy I've ever heard in my freaking life. You know that's true. I'm, what's the difference between being real and being racist? Nothing. My skin complexion. The truth is truth. Ninety percent of the people that go to these concerts are drug dealers. Ninety percent of the women that go to these, these concerts are women who are who enjoy having sex with drug dealers, you know? And that's the reality. You like that. See, see, I, see the, problem, the problem with it is is that I actually talk to these people and see these people every day. I would believe the lies of the media, and I would believe the lies of people who have no idea about what the hood is like, and they live in some type of fantasy world. I would believe their lies and their arguments that everything is blamed on the white man if I did not see and hear this stuff with my own eyes every single day. There's so many men out here who love that lifestyle. You know what I mean? They wouldn't get out of it even if they wanted to, even if they could. You know what I'm saying? And there are tons of women who who have sex and get pregnant by men who they know are killers. Okay? They know they're killers. We talk. We have the audacity. This stuff makes me so mad. We have the audacity as a people 
to talk about Black Lives Matter when the vast, I can't say the vast majority, but when there are literally thousands and thousands of women who actively and knowingly deal with, have sex with, and get pregnant by killers. Y'all know that, right? I mean, let's let's really break this stuff down. You know what I'm saying? There, There are thousands of murders every year. Well, I should say thousands of shootings every year and, and hundreds of murders every year. Let's just use Philadelphia for example. All of these shootings, right, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're, there are people that those men who are doing these shootings, are, are ha- they're women who they are having sex with. Now, you think that these women don't know what kind of lifestyle that these men are a part of? No one talks about those women. No one talks about those men, but they will be quick to talk about the police. They will be quick to talk about the government. But why is nobody talking about the women who who are the ones hiding the gun, wiping the blood off the knife, hiding the murder weapon, providing alibis for these niggas committing these crimes? Where are the the people who see the little six-year-old girl that got shot? but refuse to give the information to the police because they don't want to be labeled a snitch. Those people are worse than anything any politician could ever do. Y'all know that, right? Those are the scum of the earth right there. The absolute scum of the earth. One of the things I said online uh, yesterday was the United States is a racist country. It always had has been. It always will be. And I said the same is true for the government, and the same is true with uh, all professional sports. I said none of this is new. You know, we look around at, at Colin Kaepernick. Oh, my gosh, he, you know, they're, they're blackballing him because of what he did. Well, or, 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 or no, <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What the heck do you think they were going to do? I mean, really. I mean, come on. Like, let's, let's be smart. I told you on our previous show, go to your job and start making a bunch of racket. Go go take a knee, you know, go, you know what I'm saying, go raise the black power fist in your, in your cafeteria break room in, 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 a, in a form of protest and see what happens. Say the CEO comes, hey, guys, come on in. We want to have a little meeting real quick. Go go take a knee in the meeting and see what happens. Let's see how you get blackballed or fired. You think it was going to protest for you? No, of course not because that was just stupid of you to do. Now, you might feel passionately about that. That's fine. Just like Colin Kaepernick feels passionately about what he's for, that is fine. But there are ramifications for everything. You can't expect. If you want to make a statement, then fine, then make a statement. But don't complain about it, which I respect him for not doing. He's actually not the problem. He's not even protesting. Everyone else is the one protesting that he can't get a job. My, my thing about it is, first of all, Look, I'm not even going. I've talked about him, and I don't want to talk about. Him. First of all, he's a millionaire, so I don't feel sorry for him. Period. Okay. Secondly, this is a racist network. Boxing is racist. Football is racist. It's all racist. So if you think that they're not going to punish him or somehow band together to keep him out the league, even though I don't believe that's what's happening, then you know what I'm saying you're crazy. You don't know how this system works. I bet you, I told you, somebody the other day, I bet you if Colin Kaepernick said, hey, guys, look, he made $15 million last year. 
Okay, he opted out of that contract. Let Colin Kaepernick say, say look, I just want to play. Just give me 25000 for this season. I'll play. I, I bet you he'll be signed tomorrow. Okay? No one is talking, and I've said this. I will say this every show until people start talking about it. Let me know what he's actually asking for. For all we know, he could want to be a starting quarterback. He might still be stuck on making a certain dollar amount. We don't know, and that's why they're not saying that. I want to hear from him. I want to hear from his agent. What, what, what kind of money are you looking at? What kind of role are you looking to play? Are you cool with being a back? Are you cool with sitting the bench? Probably not. You know what I'm saying? Are you willing to play for? They're like, oh, so they signed so-and-so, you know what I mean, so-and-so, and Colin Kaepernick is a million times better than him. How come he can get a job but Colin Kaepernick can't get a job? Maybe it's because that guy is willing to play for about $50,000 for the season or to not play, just to be signed and be an extra body in case of an emergency. I'm pretty sure, I, I don't know, like I said, I can't, I'm, we're just all speculating, but I'm pretty sure Colin Kaepernick is not willing to play for any type of veteran minimum. That would be an insult then. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure. Maybe we'll never know, but I can guarantee you he, would, he wants a certain amount of money. You don't go from making, being a certain cal- a Super Bowl quarterback, you know what I'm saying, to go to playing for $50,000 for the season or whatever the veteran's minimum is. Y'all, y'all know that, right? It's not a yeah, yeah. Of course, race is involved. Here. I'm not stupid. I'm not naive. I absolutely know race is involved. But again, listen to what I'm saying to you. Colin Kaepernick could absolutely get signed if he said, "Look, I'll play for just pay me, just pay me any, just give me something. Just yeah, I'll play for y'all. I'm better than this guy. Y'all are zero and five. You know what I'm saying? Like, just give me something. I'll just play for y'all. I guarantee you, he'd be signed." So it's not the issue of he can't get signed, is they can't get the numbers right for him to be signed. Let's be clear about that. But that's not what the, the media, you know, CNN won't tell you that. That's why you won't hear anyone talking about numbers. You've not, I've never heard anyone on any major network talking about, okay, what kind of financial numbers are we talking about as far as what he's asking for? Why? Because that's not what they want you to focus on. They want you to focus on the racial piece of it. But remember where you heard that here first. How much money is Colin Kaepernick asking for? That's the key question that everyone should be asking. Am I, would I, if I was a man, a, a owner, would I pay Colin Kaepernick $5 million, $10 million to cause a, fine, uh, a media frenzy in the locker room? Hell no. Hell no, absolutely not. It would be a media circus. It would be a huge distraction. Any team that signed Colin Kaepernick, it would be like front-page news. Would I want that type of publicity? Would I want to alienate, uh, you know, a, a vast majority of my, my fans and cause a whole bunch of uh, drama just to sign an average quarterback that may or may not help my team win? Probably not. And that's me telling you that. So what the hell do you think these racist white folk going to tell you? I wouldn't want that distraction. I buy cars. There's certain headaches. Like, I don't, let me tell you something. People want to act like they, they, they don't know what's going on. There's certain cars out here that I see. Go on, go on um, Instagram.com slash TRC Auto Sales, and you'll see all the, uh, all the cars I sell. You'll see Mercedes. You'll see BMWs. You'll see Acuras. You'll see Range Rovers. you see Toyota. You know what I'm saying? you see a certain type of car. 
that I only sell. You'll see all my cars in. You don't guess what you don't see? These freaking hood cars, these nigger cars, these freaking uh freaking uh Grand Marquis, Monte Carlos, Buick LeSabres. Why? Because they attract a certain type of clientele that I don't want to have anything to do with. Does that make me a racist? No, I just don't want the pro I don't want to shoot anybody. I don't want to have to de- I already deal with drug dealers to begin with, but I would prefer not to have to deal with the people <laughs> who are blatantly throwing their drug dealer status in your face by driving these obviously known hood cars. I don't buy those types of cars because I don't want that type of headache. That's me telling you that. So what kind of headache do you – and that's just cars we're talking about. What kind of headache do you think Colin Kaepernick would be? Now, does that mean that every person who buys a Buick LeSabre or a Monte Carlo is a drug dealer? No, absolutely not. Does that mean that Colin Kaepernick would, would kneel going for – he already said he wouldn't kneel anymore. He said he's going to stand for me. If he gets signed, he's going to stand. He's telling He's like, look, I won't be a headache. You know, somebody could tell me, oh, no, no, I'm not a drug dealer. I, I, you can tell me they would say I don't even want to take the chance. And it, does that make me wrong? You can, you can call me wrong if you want. I don't really care. I'm not selling those cars. Just like these, these owners obviously don't care because they're not signing Colin Kaepernick. It is what it is. People want to talk about Dove Soap. See, people, we live in a society where people are so focused on being politically correct. I don't care about being politically correct, and I wish there were more people who did not care about being politically correct. You do what you want to do. You see what I'm saying? Dove soap. I've been waiting to talk about dove soap. Everyone's talking about, oh, my gosh, we're going to boycott dove soap. Right? The same people talking about they're going to boycott dove soap are the same people who were moving, to Florida, or, 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 or moving out of Florida and not traveling to Florida uh, because of Trayvon Martin and all this other foolishness. Come on. How long did that last? Dove, listen, guys, the, I saw the ad. Most, watch this. Most people didn't even see the ad. That's the most crazy thing about this whole situation. Most people didn't even see the ad. They have no idea what the ad was even about. But because they turn on the news, because they went on social media, and everyone is saying boycott Dove and this and that, that it must have been something racist. What the ad, I posted the ad. What the ad was, it showed a transition of a of a black woman turning into a white woman, and then oh my gosh, that you know that must have been racist. But what people did not see because they didn't see the video, people are so stupid. No disrespect, but people are very stupid in today's society. And I say they're stupid because anyone is stupid who relies on the media for their information and relies on the media to determine and dictate what they're passionate about. That is a stupid way of living life because the media is controlled by the government and the media has an agenda to destroy us and to poison us and to manipulate us. So the video, yes, it showed a black woman turning into a white woman, but then also, if you watched it, it also showed her turning into an Asian woman. It was a concept that probably in today's racial climate probably could have been done without, but there was nothing racist about it, okay? There was nothing racist about it. People are so stupid. 
especially if you didn't even see the full context of the. Uh, I mean, the, the 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 video showing it. The I can see if a black woman just turned into a white woman after putting some Dove soap on or any product. Okay, you're black now. You're made white. You're made whole. You're made beautiful. Okay, that's racist and that's obviously a problem. But that's not what that's not what it was. Now know that right. That's not what it was. That's not. It was not the intent of the the commercial. That's not at all what it was. That was the media specifically focusing on that to manipulate you guys, and y'all fell for it hook, line, and sinker. They, there was an Asian woman also being turned. No one said a damn thing about the white woman turning into an Asian. How did you not say anything about the white woman turning into an Asian, but you focus on the black woman turning into a white woman? It's three different women doing the same freaking thing. So how is the black, I mean, answer this. How is the black woman turning into a white woman a problem if the white woman turning into the Asian woman is not a problem? It's the same exact transition. Call in if you have an answer to that. It's not a problem. It's not racist. There was nothing racist about that whatsoever. And people are stupid for thinking that it was. You know, I take that how y'all want to take it. That's, that's just a stupid way of thinking. It's an ignorant way of thinking. There's nothing racist. Listen to what I'm saying to y'all. There was nothing racist about that Dove commercial. Everyone is mad at Dove for no reason whatsoever. Why? Let me tell you why. Because what did I do after I saw this commotion about Dove? I went on YouTube because I remember one of my favorite songs growing up back in the day was Michael Jackson, one of my favorite artists. I cried when Michael Jackson died. Never cried when an artist died before. I mean, he was like my favorite artist. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, Black or White, which was one of my favorite songs back in the day. The video was crazy when it came out. How many of y'all saw the Michael Jackson Black or White video? What the heck was in the video? Oh, I know. You have a transition of multiple different types of people literally turning into other races. The whole premise of the song is it doesn't matter if you're Black or White. So what do you see? You see a white man turning into a black man, a black man turning into an Asian man, an Asian, a black woman who happens to be Tyra Banks turning into a, oh, wait, wait, wait for it, wait for it, Tyra Banks turning into a white woman. Oh, my goodness. That must be racist, right? Of course not, because <laughs> there wasn't this great agenda at that time to incite a race war, and it was Michael Jackson instead of Dove Soap. But it's the same exact thing. Like that's why I posted it on my uh I posted the video on my page and in the friends group. Check it out. Most most people didn't even check it. Check it out. Or they didn't acknowledge it. Most people checked it out, they just didn't acknowledge it. I don't care about likes. I know half this stuff I, I post everything. I'll post something, it'll get a hundred likes, I'll post something that get zero likes. Everyone sees everything. And the same people giving the likes are the same people not giving the likes. So it's not that you didn't see it, you just chose not to acknowledge it. And so, you know, Tyra Banks turning into a white woman, I would think if, if if we're using the same scale, should be viewed in the same way that the Dove Soap campaign was being viewed. It's the same thing, a black woman turning into a white woman. Why is that not a problem? So, like I said, most people didn't even see the commercial. Most people have absolutely no idea why they're upset. You know, the same people, but those same people are bumping 21 Savage and they're on their iPods. You know, Jay-Z, Rick Ross, T.I., all glorifying guns, drugs, violence, 
you know, a drug dealer lifestyle, little Uzi, little Uzi, young thug. And we have the audacity to say Black Lives Matter. How the hell do Black Lives Matter when we when the two two of the most popular up and coming artists in the black community are called Young Thug and Little Uzi? Do you guys know what an Uzi is? An Uzi is an illegal gun that you can't even buy because of the type of violence that it can inflict. Uzis are, I'm a gun enthusiast. You know what I mean? Yet you have one of these young niggas thinking it's a good idea to name himself Little Uzi. What kind of crap is that? And we, will, and we support that crap. Did you know that when I was growing up, we weren't even allowed to have toy guns? My parents did not even allow us to play with guns. I got my ass whooped if we if we ever if we came tried to come in the house with a toy gun or a water gun or any type of gun. And by the way, I didn't get beat for because I didn't I wasn't stupid enough to do it because we weren't allowed to. Because my parents actually cared. But yet now, fast forward a generation, we have young kids sub- actively supporting an artist that calls himself Little Uzi. And guess what he does? He raps about killing and guns and drugs. And we support that. My, 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 how things have changed. I said online that artists like Cardi B and Nicki Minaj and Beyonce disrespect black women more than Dove marketing executives ever could. And that's a fact. Beyonce prances around half naked, encourages young girls to be promiscuous. Nicki Minaj, you know, same thing, you know, shows her crotch and actually insults black women, calling them nappy-headed hoes and, you know, just talks about how she's from China, this and that from China, where you, basically sending a message that you have to, uh, you know, be oriental, you know, or mixed in some way to be beautiful. It's absolutely ridiculous. These young girls hear that stuff, you know, they see the hypocrisy of Beyonce. She comes out with a song called Flaws and All, then a couple years later comes out with a song called Flawless, and we wonder why these young girls are confused and committing suicide and turning to the stripper pole, you know, seeking attention. They don't know who to listen to. How do you come out with Flaws and All and you come out with Flawless? I mean, seriously, just somebody call and let me know. Which is it, Flawless or Flaws and All? You know what I mean? You got two different songs called Flawless and Flaws and All. And black people just eat that stuff right on up. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Cardi B. Cardi B. I mean, mean, we are in a state of emergency. That's what today's show is called. We are in a state of emergency. Why? Because Cardi B is the number one artist right now in the black community with the number one song in all of America. How many of you, and here's the thing. I told you online that, that from a purely hip-hop, you know, lyrical perspective, Cardi B is, you know, she's a talented rapper, okay? But what you have to understand is what does she represent? What does she represent? She's a stripper who turned into a reality star who then turned, you know, she made, and she starts making music. 
Well, she's been making music, but she just started focusing on music. But what what you got to understand is she's loud. She's ghetto. She has zero self-respect for herself, low self-esteem. And, and what's crazy is how many young girls – first of all, young girls are already turning to the stripper pole. We're seeing more and more girls, young girls, turning to the stripper pole than ever before. I told you these stripper clubs are, are packed. The prostitution, uh, the prostitution, you know, this whole lifestyle is, is rampant. Young girls giving head for 50 bucks, having sex for 100 bucks in back rooms at strip clubs. This is like that's a new hustle. You know, guys, more and more men are turning to drug dealing. Women are turning to, to being whores, you know, and they're following the leads of these, these, these artists. And unfortunately, that's just gives she's Cardi B is just this new generation, you know, of, of, of just horrible examples being projected forth into our youth. When Beyonce came out, she was it. You know, she was it for one generation, uh, my generation. All these young women who are now 35 and 40, they grew up listening to Beyonce when she came out at 15. You know, all these young girls now who are like 20, they grew up 25. They grew up, you know, listening to Nicki Minaj for the last 10 years. You know, now it's a whole new generation that they have to get. So who's next? Oh, Cardi B is next. Y'all don't understand how this stuff works. They look the same. Light skin with blonde hair, blonde weave. It's the same thing for a different generation, and people are so stupid to see it. They're too stupid. They don't even see the agenda. Beyonce came out butt naked. Nicki Minaj came out butt naked. Cardi B is out butt naked. They put these people right on the uh, MTV uh, Music Awards, introduce them to the audience, introduce them to the world, give them a number one song, put some money in their pocket, Next thing you know, we got a whole new phenomenon for a new generation of whoredom. You know, it's just, I, I've seen it. I've seen it literally right before my eyes. Like I said, I'll be 40 this year. I've seen it all. I've seen all three generations. You know, these women now, my my, my peers, you know, the same age as me, still single, 42, two kids, have a history of getting dogged over. But look look what who was popular when they came. What music did they listen to? Destiny's Child came out when they were 15. You do the math on that. How old is Beyonce now? You know, 35, something like that. You do the math on that. You know, from the age of 20 to now they're, you know what I'm saying, right around 40, who they've been listening to for the last 15 years. And you wonder why. You look at all the songs that she's put out, the, how influential she has been. It's not a surprise. Look at Nicki Minaj. Look at these young girls. Nicki Minaj comes out talking about doing all this freaky stuff, being lesbians, being a lesbian. Well, obviously, Nicki Minaj doing all types of freaky stuff. I'm driving down the street the other yesterday, actually. You know, I drove, by, I drove by Martin Luther King High School here in Philadelphia. Right on the corner, I see two young girls, couldn't have been more than 13, 14, literally humping each other on the corner, grabbing each other, embracing each other, like grinding on each other, you know, simulating sex. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, wow, two girls, two young girls. I'm like, wow, man, it's just, it's, it's horrible. And again, you cannot ignore. Well, obviously, it has to do with lack of parenting, but you cannot ignore the effect and the influence that these, these artists, the most popular artists, are having on. You know, Cardi B is just the next new thing, and we embrace her. Because, why? Because, the, because they say that we should. But what, the, what positivity does she bring? 
any did she does Cardi B bring any positivity to the black community? Back in the day, I grew up. We were the black women had so much pride. They would have boycotted someone, anyone who even tried to, you know, send that type of message. You know, imagine I can't even imagine my mom or my aunt or my grandma supporting an artist, Cardi B or Nicki Minaj. I mean, can you, can you, anyone listening? Can you imagine your parents and grandparents supporting, you know, an artist like Beyonce, Cardi B, or Beyonce? Because they're all the same. There's no difference. As much as people would like to put Beyonce in her own little stratosphere, but there's no difference. And so the same way I can't imagine my grandma, you know, supporting that, or even my mom or anyone I know, I, you know what I mean, grew up with, you know, my mom, if I put that on, she'd be like, what, turn that, turn that shit off. That's what she would say. You know, but yet we, young, young mothers of today, that's what my mom would say. My mom would tell me to turn that shit off. If I played that, if she got in a car with me now, she'd tell me to turn that shit off. Now, here's the question. What would these young mothers of today say if Cardi B came on, if Bodak, when Bodak Yellow comes on? You know what I mean? When, when some of these other horror songs come on, encouraging sex and all this other foolishness, they would love it. They would turn it up. They would start twerking to it with their damn kids sitting in the back seat watching watching the mama twerk. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's crazy. But they say you have to laugh to keep from crying. That's how bad it is. You got young kids watching their mothers twerk to Bodak Yellow. What the hell does Bodak Yellow even mean? What does that even mean? No one knows. No one cares. And yet we have the audacity, as as mothers are twerking in front of their daughters, okay, we have the audacity to say Black Lives Matter as an absolute joke. Okay? One of the things that we have to understand, like I said, so those artists and artists like them are disrespecting our people in a way that Dove Soap, the NFL, Donald Trump could never do. Hillary Clinton could never do. They're our worst problems. When, so, can I ask you a question? What is, is and first of all, how I many I heard the new uh, ASAP Rocky song featuring Cardi B? Cardi B. Have y'all even heard what she's saying in there? I f him, then I get some money. F him, then I get some money. F him, then I get some money. Let, let's real quick. Let's break down it. I f him, and then I get some money. What the hell kind of crap is that? Like, I, and that's that's the song, that's ASAP Rocky. I forget the name of the song, but that's the name of uh, that's her lyrics in the song. It's ASAP Rocky featuring Cardi B. Look up the lyrics. I f them, and then I get some money. This is the number one artist in the black community. This is the number one, or she's on the number one song in the country. And then in this follow-up song, which has been getting a lot of airplay, she's saying. And millions of young girls are hearing this. First I F them, and then I get some money. Now, where I come from, that's known as prostitution. Now, I'm sure in this new age, liberal, open-minded way of thinking, 
there will be another word for that. That's maybe a hustler or something. So I, I don't know. Well, I don't even want to think about what they would call that. But where I come from, that's called being a whore. That's called being a hoe. That's called being a prostitute. I S him, then I get some money. Okay? That's what Cardi B is saying. That's what these young girls are listening to. These young girls are going to be singing this lyrics. Okay? We, I have a, my daughter's six. You are, you are a horrible, listen to what I'm saying. I want everyone to be clear about this. I don't care who I'm talking to. You are an absolute horrible parent. Okay? And I question any type of parenting training or skills that you or anyone may have if you knowingly and openly and willingly allow your children to listen to Cardi B, Nicki Minaj, or Beyonce. And yes, I threw in Beyonce because, as I said, she's no different. She represents the same thing just on a much higher level and more broad level, but she's no different. Okay? Responsible parents, responsible mothers, certainly responsible fathers are, are passionate about shielding their children from that type of exposure the same way my parents tried their best to shield me from certain things whether it was guns, whether it was, you know, certain TV shows, certain movies, certain things we weren't allowed to listen to. And I believe we need to get back to that. And because we haven't gotten back there is why things are so bad. You know, you look around, what's this new thing that we got going on here? We got the, 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 for the, for the Dick challenge. Now I gotta, I gotta be, I haven't done a live show since this whole thing came out. I have really been, almost really in a state of shock because as I know everything I know, everything I've talked about over the years, you know, like this was like, it was, it was really shocking to me, to be quite honest with you. I didn't, very few things surprised me at this point. I think I thought I had seen it all. I really did. I thought I had seen it all. I thought like, wow, it really can't get much worse than it is. But then when I go online and I, I, I see, you know, grown women, I see young girls. I see tons and tons of people making up these raps about what they would do for the dick. I just, I was like shocked, and I'm still shocked. I cannot believe that this is a thing. I cannot believe that there are people, there are women with so little self-respect and self-esteem, you know, making up songs and trying to outdo one another for, for how extreme they can be as far as what they would do for, for sex. It's, 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 it's really amazing. And people are supporting these things. You know, I would beat my daughter unmercifully if she ever even thought about doing something like that, disrespecting herself, disrespecting her family by talking about what she would do for, for, for the dick. And so what people need to understand is this is not, you know, it's not, okay, I'm, with, I'm married or, okay, I mean, it's bad enough. Like, if you're a married woman, you're talking about sex and how much of a nympho you are, how much you enjoy having sex with your man. I mean, that's bad enough. You know what I'm saying? But these are not even, these are single women, right? These are not even people in relationships. So it's basically, if you think about it, in essence, what it is is you have all these single women Complain who will, in other circumstances will complain about how they can't find a. <laughs> it's, a it's actually laughable. They're complaining about how they can't find a good man, and they have no good men out here. 
but you're online rapping about all the different things you would do for the dick. How much of a, basically you're saying, how much of a freak you are, how much of a whore you are. Because everyone knows if you're a nympho, if you, if you just do, if you're so passionate about having sex, that you're a hoe. You know, respectable women don't talk like that. I mean, this is, this is the things I'm saying are common sense. At least they used to be. You know, you're you're rapping about how how passionate, how much of a whore you are, how how horny you are. Oh, I, that wasn't a, a slip of the tongue. How much of a whore and how horny you are, because they go hand in hand in many cases, especially with this challenge. If you're saying all these different things you would do just for sex, how the heck do you expect anyone to want to wipe you up? Because I mean, think about it. And this is funny. This is funny to people. This is this is a joke. This is like, oh yeah, I'm so I'm so much of a nympho. I'm so I'm so horny. I'm willing to do X, Y, and Z just to get some sex. So that basically tells. But so wait a minute, aren't you single? Yeah, okay, yeah, I'm single, but you know, I'm still looking for a good man. But yeah, ha ha ha, I'm still I would do all these things for the dick. So how long have you been single? Oh, I've been single for two, three years, or maybe four or five years. Okay, so you've been single. Okay. But yet you want you would do all these different things for the dick, so you put two and two together. Okay, so you have so you're a hoe. So you have sex with multiple niggas. So you've had sex with over ten to fifteen, twenty dudes. But yet you want me to put a ring on your finger. You want me to wipe you up when you're out here giving the ass away to any and everybody, and you're saying all this stuff that you would do for for the dick. You know, I mean, come on. These women out here have no self-respect. Let me tell you, I got to be honest. This may be the realest show I've ever done. I got to be honest. Listen, and it's going to hurt some women's ears, but I don't care at this point. No one wants a whore for a wife. So, and people have said, you know, I don't, I don't disagree with you. Say you're just so harsh when you say it. Well, you might want to close your ears because you're going to hate this. No one wants a woman with multiple, who's had multiple dicks in their mouth and, and, and dicks up their ass. Okay, if you want a husband, you want to be virtuous. You want to be a godly woman. You want to be a spiritually minded and spiritually led woman. You don't want to be doing challenges about what you would do for the dick. Okay, that that's going to turn a lot of guys off. You know, if you're saying what you would do for the dick, then that's basically what men are going to take as a challenge and going to be just to, and try to target you for sex. I mean, I would think that that would be common sense, but unfortunately in today's society it's not. Um, but, yeah, no one wants a woman who, who's been with like 30, 40 dudes. Now, we can live in a politically correct society and say, oh, you know, things aren't how they used to be. People are more open-minded. People are more, you know, uh, sexually free. Come on. Men haven't, times have changed, but men haven't changed. Good men have not changed. Good men want good women. If I was a whore back in the day, guess what type of woman I want? <laughs> I mean, see, the problem with it is we think women think thinks everything has changed. Nothing has changed except the women. Men have historically sown their wild oats, and then they marry, eventually settle down and marry that good girl. Now, is that a double standard? You're damn right it is. You know what I mean? You're damn right it is. And guess what? 
it, it will always it always has been a double standard. It will continue to be a double standard. The question is, do you want to go against that? You know what I'm saying? Or do you want to be different? Or do you want you know what I'm saying? Do you want to go with the flow, or do you want to be? Do you want to stand out? Do you want to differentiate yourself? Most women they just want to do what everybody else is doing. Oh, oh, here you go. There's a for the, for the dick challenge. So let me go ahead and put this stupid beat on and and make a rap about you know how horny I am, how much of a whore I am. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. Like, what the hell is that? Who did? Who does that? Who does that? I mean, it's amazing. I, I just did. The, I just did this show on Insecure discussing Issa Rae, and and the, the, the last show, part two. If you didn't hear part two. You definitely got to hear part two because I basically talked about how she became a whore. Now here, right after I did that show, it's probably like the day after I saw, is when I saw the, the her doing the the challenge. I couldn't even believe that she. I mean, I don't know her. I don't. I'm not holding her to any type of high standard, especially since she wrote the show. So I, obviously that, and it's a real show. So I'm pretty sure that comes from somewhat of a real place. And she confirmed it when she did this for the Dick Challenge. I don't know if y'all saw it. A lot of people did. She said a lot of things. <laughs> she said, though, this is the most craziest thing I've ever heard a woman say in my life. I've known I've known many whores. Many promiscuous women. This is the most whorish thing I've ever heard any woman say in the history of my life. She said, oh, you brought your friend's choo-choo for the dick. I said, what the? F-? No, I, 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 was, I was shocked. Oh, you brought your friend's? Oh, great. Choo-choo for the Now, what do you, you know, y'all know what that means. I mean, it's not rocket science, but y'all know what that means, right? Just for people who don't know what that terminology means. Choo-choo for the, oh, you brought your friends, choo-choo. That means she's talking about, oh, you brought your friends so you guys can run a train on me. That's cool. Oh, oh, great. Choo-choo. Wonderful. I'll let you all smash. I'll give you all the ass. That's great. Now, the irony is that we actually did that back in the day, me and the homies. Now, I'm no, I'm not, I'm no better. You know what I'm saying? But that, let me just tell you all. And this is nothing. This isn't, you know, rev, rev, you know, some great revelation. You know, I've talked about this stuff for years and years. You with Gerald Howard, and you guys some newer listeners to check out some of the older shows. But it's it's an an important show to listen to. It really also would be my special on threesomes, um, or excuse me, the difference between a threesome and a train. And what you have to understand is there's no worse way a man can look at a woman. Then, because some of y'all aren't being looked at in a virtuous way anyway, in the most disrespectful way anyway. But for a man to act, actually look at you and think you would be somehow okay with him bringing his friend with him to sleep with you is, is, is worse. That, like, it could not be worse. There's nothing worse. That's what I'm saying. There's no worse way a man can view a woman than if you are allowing yourself to get a train ran on you. You have got to have the lowest self-esteem that is humanly possible for allow, to allow multiple dudes to run up in you back to back to back. And trust and believe, like, and no disrespect to anyone, but that's like the worst possible. And for, and, for, and, I, and like I said, I know women who have done it, and they have been delivered from it. They've repented for it, and they are great women now. 
don't get me wrong. It's not, but in that moment, that's the worst possible way. And that's the lowest you can be. Okay? But God can change anyone. Absolutely. But understand, you know what I'm saying? For for a woman like Issa Rae who has, who is on a groundbreaking show, and I say groundbreaking only because it's a good show, it's a real show, but it, it's it's new for HBO. There's never been a show like this led by a black woman on a network like HBO, you know, with that type of content. And for you to have opened all these doors and for you to put yourself out there, basically having zero respect for yourself by by doing the challenge to begin with, but by in, basically not even insinuating, but basically confirming that like you're cool with that, like you're you're cool with niggas running the train, or in in any way acting like that's okay. Not only is that irresponsible because of all the young women that look up to her just because of the position that she's in. You know what I mean? Like, how do you view yourself? That's horrible. You know, but yet Black Lives Matter, and we got how the hell do Black Lives Matter when we got Millions and millions of people doing a for the dick challenge. We are in a state of emergency, people. I would not be surprised if Jesus Christ came back tomorrow. How bad things are. I mean, it's a. We got. I mean, Gabrielle Union, Sanaa Lathan, Issa Rae, uh, uh, Regina Hall. The all of the prominent black women in, in Hollywood today are doing the for the dick challenge. What kind of Stuff is that they should be ashamed of themselves. Black people, y'all want to boycott Dove? You should boycott every freaking thing that they do. I'm not into the whole boycotting foolishness, but you should boycott every damn thing that Issa Rae does. You should boycott everything that Gabrielle Union does. You should boycott every damn thing because of the horrible, horrible, horrible example they are setting for these young girls that look up to them and want to be like them when they grow up. That that makes me angry, and it should make every single person angry. That Let me tell you something. What they did, what these women did, you know, and how they are influencing negatively all these young girls, that is more, that makes me more angry than, that makes me, I can't even speak about it. That makes me a hundred times more angry than anything Donald Trump has ever done. You see what I'm saying? Donald Trump cannot hurt or influence my young daughter in any way close to how some of these popular black artists have the potential to. And that's where people need to be focused on. People are mad about the wrong stuff. What the hell is Donald Trump going to do to you? You know what I'm saying? You know, that's, we're talking about finance. We're talking about other stuff. You know what I'm saying? Politics. But these art, music artists can speak to people's souls Music is a way of influencing people's lives and really affecting their souls, and it always has been. The devil was a musician. Satan was, you know what I'm saying? That's what his, his whole thing was. And so these people are using music, these evil people in power are using music to really negatively affect and destroy people, and we're just sitting back and watching it happen. There was an interview that Miley Cyrus did recently you know, uh, talking about how she 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 loves Satan. You know, she says Satan is a nice guy. He's just misunderstood, and he speaks to her and he guides her in a way that Jesus never was able to. 
check it out. It's online. I just said, oh, man. But like I said, it's nothing new. You know, all these celebrities worship Satan. Otherwise, they wouldn't be celebrities. See, what a lot of people need to understand is that Satan is not, you know, some red guy, some, you know, some weirdo in a red suit with horns on the top of his head with a pitchfork sitting around fire. That's not what Satan is. Satan isn't actually a physical person. You know, the same way God is love, God is understanding, God is forgiveness. Well, Satan is greed. Satan is money. Satan is gluttony. Satan is all the things that God isn't. You know, Satan is of the world. And so, you know, when you love Satan, you're basically saying you love all the things that God hates. You know, and so, you know, there's a lot of people out there who are satanic worshipers but don't even realize it. These celebrities have to be satanic worshipers, otherwise they wouldn't be accepted by those in power. Go online and, and watch. Show me a celebrity, you know, who does not, who, who speaks out against homosexuality. A celebrity who, who does not, first of all, a celebrity who's not rich, who doesn't, live, you know, love that rich lifestyle. You won't find it. Because that's the, you know, that's why they say in order to be a celebrity, you have to sell your soul. How many of y'all caught Empire the other day that on the premiere, where he's uh, rapping, uh, Rashir Gray was rapping, or he plays the character of Hakeem, who's as evil as they are. You know what I'm saying? He says, "Bought a brand new Panamera, so my soul did the devil." I said, "What?" He said, "I bought a brand new Panamera, and sold my soul to the devil." I said, well, ain't that a, <laughs> you know what I mean? What do you have there? I said, well, that's great. That's wonderful. How nice. You bought a brand new pair of America, so you're so good. And the, the, the irony is that, you know, they throw that stuff. And, I, you know, I did a whole show on Empire. Google, my, Google Empire on the Dayton Tolbert show and listen to that show. You guys are listening to the show. When you get some time, just Google Empire, you know, maybe season premiere or season finale. I did it both at different times, but pick a show and you'll hear me talk about specifically that show and how it's one of the most evil shows on television. I'm talking about not just the plots and the characters, but more so the, sat- the satanic imagery that's literally thrown all throughout the show. That show is, is nothing but evil. Okay. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it like, okay, don't watch it. I'm not saying it like, let's boycott. I'm just, I just want y'all to know. You watch it, you watch it. You know what I'm saying? I just want you to know what you're watching you know, and be aware of what you're watching. Like, you see the satanic imagery on the walls. You see, like, Baphomet heads hanging from the walls. You see little eyes of Horus hanging, you know, in different, you know, uh, scenes. And you see upside-down crosses. You see devil horns. You see the 666. Like, you see that stuff literally all throughout Empire. And then you see little things like what Brashear Gray was saying. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I bought a brand-new pair of So my soul is a devil. They, they put stuff in there. They don't want, you know what I'm saying? But you guys got to understand that. You got to understand what that means. When you, are a, a, when you are a celebrity and you want those nice things, a Panamera is a $200,000 car. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to be able to afford that. And for you to be able to afford that in, in most circumstances, especially if you're a celebrity, you actually did sell your soul to the devil. Just like he's saying that stuff in a joking manner, just like uh, Cardi B who said what she said in a joking manner, guess what? It ain't a joke. It's actually serious. Cardi B actually is going to have to sacrifice one of her family members in order to be a celebrity and to stay a celebrity. That's actually coming. What she said on that, it's right there. Just Google it. 
Google Cardi B, um, uh, Cardi B for the Dick Challenge, and you'll hear her say she's willing to sacrifice her family to the Illuminati. You know what I mean? She sold her soul to the devil for, for fame and fortune, right? Brashear Gray, yeah, it's a song, yeah, he said, but he actually really did sell his soul for fame and fortune. Y'all know that, right? It's not, like this, they, make, they make stuff seem like it's a joke. You know, they hide the truth in plain sight. See how it goes? But, yeah, man, it's, and I, yeah, I know there's a for the pussy challenge with the guys, and that's a whole other thing. But everything I said for the, for the females is absolutely applicable to the men. It's all the same. It's all horrible. We have to have, I said online, I said, how do you have, a, how do you protest civil rights when you're out here hoeing it up for the, doing the, for the dick challenge? Like, come on. You can't talk about Black Lives Matter if you're doing for the dick challenge. Like, come on. You're just stopping. All right? You just stop. All right? I said, um, fathers, I said, please love, cherish, and honor and respect your daughters so that, you, so that they don't feel the need to do any of these ridiculous for the dick challenges, for the pussy challenge, like all this crazy stuff. And I was so glad. I said, wow. I said, I'm not a rapper, but I said, um, I sure would be, it would be nice if we could have a for the Jesus challenge. And fortunately, I didn't even, at that point, I didn't even know that there were some, but fortunately, somebody posted one as a young woman. And I saw another woman, you know, and they were great, you know, just posting what they would do for Jesus. And it's like, wow, like, you know what I mean? We got, that's the battle. That's the contrast. You got for the dick challenges, then you got for the Jesus challenge. You got some people doing for the ring challenge, like, you know, respectable women, women talking about what they would do for a ring. You know what I'm saying? That's what it should be about. Teach these young girls to, you know, this is what you do to get a ring. This is what you do for your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Not being a hoe, what would you do for the day? That's, that's the ultimate. I've seen a lot of things. I've seen actual whores with more class than some of these women talking about what they do for the, for the dick. I mean, that's, come on, guys. We got to do better than that. We got to stop killing each other. We got to stop being hoes out here. We got to stop being fake pimps. These fellas out here trying to be fake pimps. We as a community have to do better. I could talk for another hour nonstop, but I'm out of time, guys. So I want to thank you all for listening. Uh, share this share this show. There's a lot of people that need to uh, hear this information. But uh, don't worry. I'll be back to what I normally do. Uh, like I said, next week I, I want to do part three, my part three finale, discussing Issa Rae's show, Insecure. Now I'm going to focus on open relationships and, 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 and you know, friends with benefits situations. It's the, the new way of dating in today's society. So uh, thank you for listening, guys, and I will see you all next time.
date on hope will motivate you, girls. A date on be a motivation, child. A date on hope will come and rock your world. Date on be your motivation, child. A date on hope will motivate you, girl. Date on be your motivation, child. A date on hope will come and change your world. You don't ever have to settle for less. Motivating you, girl. Date on be your motivation. Date on be your motivation. 